Welcome to the For the Church podcast, another great gospel-centered resource from Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. My name is Jared Wilson. I'm an assistant <laughs> professor of pastoral ministry and author in residence at Midwestern Seminary, and I'm here with Ross Ferguson. Ross Lil Ferg Ferguson, <laughs> academic advisor, pulpit supply preacher, scholar. I'm going to say also now the announcer for the FTC podcast. This podcast is, is brought to you by Iron Brew, <laughs> the official bubblegum soda of Scotland. Okay. Yeah. Something happened to you. <laughs> I'm not quite sure what. Well, I'm 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 stoked about today's <laughs> today's topic, and I'm stoked about we got some reviews. Yeah, I, to be honest, I am really pleased that we're now getting reviews. Like you yeah. hammered this like maybe ten and episodes people ago. People have bowed to my and will, <laughs> and they've come back. And we had that one four star, and we will ignore that. We had yeah. plenty of five stars though. But I'm really pleased that people are letting us know because actually, if you let us know and you share it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all these things, more people get to listen. So right. I'm really pleased to see these. Yeah, this one comes from Joe Mick123. He gives us a five-star review. I started listening shortly after applying to the MBTS Global Campus Program. This show has allowed me to feel part of the MBTS mm-hmm. family, even though I'm detached from the physical campus. Jared and Ross complement one another well and combine to provide great insight to many issues facing church leaders and lay Christians alike. I especially appreciate Ross's unapologetic, no-nonsense takes on certain issues. Or perhaps I, too, am just enamored by the accent. (laughs) Way to to take away the compliment there. Either way, keep up the great work for the church, Jared and Ross, and thanks for all you do. Thank you, Joe Mick123. Here's the young theologian. (laughs) The young theologian says, imagine. Oh, man, he writes a story. It's funny, though. Okay. I think you should read it. Imagine if the Christian podcast world was an actual town. There are those which are the town hall or public square where Christian podcasters provide news and commentary from a Christian worldview. Hint, hint. (laughs) All right. Others might be like a cozy coffee shop where you will hear either kind banter about how theology is meant to be for everyone or hipsters thinking they are too cool for K-Love. K-Love is a radio station for those not in the know. But then you arrive at For the Church. And all of a sudden, you are greeted with an opening song that sounds like the music to a Home Depot ad. (laughs) Yes, that's right. Jared Wilson and Ross Fergalicious Ferguson's podcast is the Home Depot of Christian podcasts where you will find great gospel resources and advice for pastoral ministry and church ministry in general. Imagine Wilson being like Ron Swanson at Home Depot, but not a jerk to you and actually helping you with your questions. And yes, though we miss Ronnie Kurtz, the Fergie. Man, you got two nicknames in this one review. The Fergie has been a great Scottish addition to assist in the helpful episodes, including his support for cheesy Christian movies. Keep going for the church. And then he says some things about punk rock that I don't quite understand. So I'm going to skip those. It's like the longest, most random review. It was like he told, it was like there were ups and downs. There was, you know, characters. It was all sorts of things. This review comes from Alfred's Are Blessed. The Alf, maybe Alfred's Are Blessed. Alfred Senior Blessed. Oh, is that what it is? That's I wondered if it w- was a family named the Alfreds, and they're saying that they are blessed. Okay. But maybe it's Alfred Sr. blessed. Informative and helpful. Five stars. I appreciate your consideration of biblical applications to leadership in everyday situations. As a small discipleship group Bible teacher, 
I especially thank you for the pet peeves of Bible teachers episode. (laughs) Your suggestions are helpful, most markedly the ones to get through the group involved in having open discussions. I also really appreciate the church meetings gone wild episode. (laughs) We got a lot of feedback on that one. Thanks for helpful content. No longer an Apple freeloader. Well, thanks very much, Alfred Sr. or Alfred's family, whichever you are. We appreciate that. Thanks for not freeloading. Ralton Bimmery, Ralton B. Emery says, Good pod, five stars, helpful insights, playful banter, make this podcast a must-listen for church leaders. Not taking themselves too seriously, but tackling serious issues for Christians to discuss and ponder. That's pretty good. And we'll finish with this one here from Dave Tark. And I think I know who this is. This is a friend of mine who's a pastor in Florida. Pretty sure. Dave Tark. I wish I could read the title. Can you read the title? It says, Even Better Than a Hallmark. Hallmark Christmas Movie. Even Better Than a Hallmark Christmas Movie. I don't know why I it's, can't see it's, the title. You can see thing. it on a laptop. You just can't see it on a phone. Oh, I got you. Five stars. As a pastor who likes to believe sarcasm is a spiritual gift <laughs> and pet peeves are just God's way of telling me that if everyone else just behaved as the Bible, of course— and I think they should. I am encouraged by the FTC podcast and the fact that Jared and Ross seem to have these same understandings. In all seriousness, this podcast is one of many I listen to regularly. It is one of a handful related to church life and pastoral ministry that are on my regular rotation. So when a new episode drops within a day or two, I'm tuning in. I appreciate the humor, the candor, and the fact that gospel-centeredness and being gospel-driven are not just buzzwords or taglines, but shine through the discussions. The honesty regarding real-life churchiness is greatly appreciated. Helps me when I think, am I the only one dealing with this stuff? Now, in order to avoid being labeled, I'll share a podcast episode or two on social media. Man, that's next level. Yeah, Leaving a review is a bigger deal than most people will be willing to do. But when you go the next mile and share Share an episode or talk us up on social media, that's where you get your your gold crown. That's where you get the star in, uh, in your crown in heaven. We're talking about something really cool today. This was a, a subject that you had suggested based on we did a episode not too long ago on rediscovering mm. your Bible study or your mm. Bible reading, your devotional time. And you said, well, what about prayer? What about yeah. helping people rediscover their joy or reinvigorate their prayer life? What was the origin for that? What made you think of that? It's- It's really based on two things, and that is both individual and corporately. And when I mean corporately, I'm just meaning the church. From an individual's perspective, if I put it bluntly, I don't actually think many Christians believe in prayer. Hmm. I I don't think they necessarily believe that it's needed or wanted or they're worried about it. They're, should I say this to God? Should I not? As if God doesn't already know what you're thinking. Do you know, it's not something that I think the vast majority of Christians are daily thinking about. And certainly in the circles I'm in, prayer is just that thing of, oh yeah, of course we'll we'll pray about it, but it's right. not actually like a a daily thing. And then on a corporate level, I I don't think I've been part of a church where the prayer room has ever been full. And actually as a, a student and staff member here on campus at Midwestern, and, and this is not Midwestern's issue, I think this is more the issue with Christians at the minute, I run a, a prayer group. It's hard to get more than six people to come to that. And on a campus where there's literally hundreds of people, I, I can't get more than six people to come. And it's and again, it's not a Midwestern issue. It's a, I think this is a Christian issue, which is mm. I, for some reason, prayer is one of those things that we know we should do. We feel guilty that we haven't really done. And we make a few attempts here, there and everywhere with different apps and different things, but it's never really become this daily friend that we can go to 
is prayer. And so there's a part of me that thinks that just as Bible reading, where there's times in life where you need to rediscover the beauty of it, I feel like we're in a time where we need to rediscover the beauty of prayer and the blessing that prayer is and also the much needed attribute that we have to have in our lives, which is to be someone that is prayerful. Yeah. And so this is this is kind of more individual, corporate, just seeing, watching years of experience in church going, why is it that prayer just always seems to be a struggle to get people to do on their own or to come to? Which means I think there needs to be a new conversation. We need to rediscover what it means to pray. Yeah. Have you always been good at prayer? No. Okay. No, absolutely not. I would say it took me, there was about four years into ministry uh, where it changed for me. Mm. And that was because I went through a, a personal huge battle in terms of ministry, in terms of my own personal life. And all I had left was prayer. And I'm not even kidding. Like we had no money. We had no pastoral job. We were staying in someone else's house. Do you know, we had nothing apart from me, my wife, my kids and prayer. Like that's, that's about all I had yep. to my name. And it was at that point where prayer became a consistent part of my life. And in some senses, that's what needed to happen in my life to bring me to prayer. But that's not what I want for our listeners and for other believers. I don't want you to have to go through this major trial in life just to rediscover prayer. I, I would hope that we can rediscover prayer before you have to go through that. Yeah. Because I think that battle would be better served when you're prayerful in heart and mind. Yeah, well, certainly would prepare you better for those times. I've said, you know, before that suffering is going to find you. Brokenness will find you. Yes. you. Be holding hands with Christ when it does. The beauty, though, of of grace, the beauty of of the gospel is that even when you've drifted, even if yeah. it's not on your mind, when that suffering, when the brokenness comes, which is usually yeah. what pushes us into prayer, yeah. the Lord isn't stiff arming no. us. He's not going, oh, well, of course you dragged yourself yeah. to me now. I've always stunk at prayer. Okay. I, and I have tried to diagnose myself of why this is, why I'm more given to, to read, I'm mm-hmm. more given to the Bible, to think about theology, to read things. And I think it's on two fronts. One is, I think there's something immediately practical about Mm. here's a book that I'm reading. Here's the Bible that I'm looking at. It's tangible. I'm seeing the words. I'm holding it. I can mark something. Oh, I've read this section. I've read this passage. There seems to be progress there that's immediate, even if it's not necessarily a practical thing that I'm doing. I'm just reading. You know, it's it's digestible. It's utilitarian in some way. And prayer is not. Prayer is like I'm speaking words into invisibility. I'm Mm -hmm. not hearing an audible voice. I can't see the person I'm talking to. It just sometimes feels like I'm throwing these words into outer space. What happens then? Prayer is inefficient. There's not always immediate results. In fact, there's almost never immediate results or response to the thing that I'm asking for. Very often the response to the thing I'm asking for is no or, or the thing I'm desiring is no. And so over time, you're just sort of like, what's the purpose of this? I'll say the other front is I grew up hearing prayers that were either very— so in church or in settings like before a meal and those Mm -hmm. sorts of things, which is all great. But consequently, I was sort of discipled under—no one ever really taught me to pray. I learned by example, and the examples I got were either very formal— prayers or just wrote prayers, right? Please bless this meal to the nourishment of our bodies, you know, which is a fine prayer, especially if you mean it. You can say the same thing over and But it just either, it was very formal or very formulaic. And so I just was never really trained or exposed to honest, heartfelt, 
intimate yeah. prayer. I yeah. mean, that came a little bit later. I began to witness that, but at that point, I'd you know been yeah. a believer and had been discipled for you know over a decade and yeah. you know or more, and and it's just old habits die, die hard. Yeah. But like you, the thing that sort of broke me open and really changed my perspective was a pronounced period of depression and brokenness, and and you know I've shared my testimony in other places, but. You just pray differently when you're yeah. When yeah, in situations you like that. You do. And there was no formal prayer. No. It's me face down in the carpet, you know, snot bubbles and tears and yeah. just like begging God with like single word prayer. I'm, I remember distinctly praying the word please yeah. over and over again. I didn't even know what to ask for. I just knew I, I needed help. I needed to yeah. be fixed. I needed to be healed. I needed something to be restored. And I just remember praying please, yeah. please, just over and over again. And the Lord really, I mean, he did something wondrous in, in my life through that experience. And I wouldn't say it just coming out of that in times of comfort, my first impulse is to pray, but I think about prayer differently yes. and it gives, it lends me more, yep. it comes to mind more readily because of that experience. And the other thing that I encountered at some point is is Luke 5.16, where it says, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places to pray. Mm-hmm. And that convicted me. Yeah. Upon rediscovery, I thought if Jesus has to get alone, yeah. dedicate himself to prayer, I can't just be doing this sort of catch as catch can. Yeah. Oh yeah, let, let me pray about that. Let me, you know, yeah. which is fine. We were, we're supposed to pray without ceasing. So in every circumstance that you can think of, as it comes to mind, and as you remind yourself, you should be praying in all circumstances. But I realized I need to get alone. Yeah. It's just just prayer. This yeah. is what I'm doing. That's all I'm doing. I'm not multitasking. Yeah. I mean, that's that's exactly the situation I was in six or seven years ago. I would walk along the river to Wallace Monument. We lived in Stirling. I would walk my dog. It'd be morning and night. And I didn't want my wife and my kids to see the pain that I was going through. Now, mm-hmm. the reality is my wife already knew. And mine was a one word. It wasn't please. Mine was help. Mm. I would just walk along. And this is maybe a 30, 40 minute walk. And I would just be saying on repeat, help. I need your help. Why won't you help? Help. And it just kept coming. And I remember it was about three months, three months of just those walks. And it was painful time in our life where, you know, just I had given up, but God hadn't. And I remember one walk, I did a walk and I skipped stones along the river and I was throwing a stick for our dog. And I just remember thinking, I haven't asked for help today. This is the first day in months I haven't needed to ask for help. And then it dawned on me, God is answering my prayer. It's taken three months but he is showing me that I'm not on my own. And it was almost like I needed to be on my own to learn that I was not on my own. That, <laughs> right. you know, like Jonah, there is nowhere in this world that I can run to that God is not there. And I think, I think what I'm trying to get at is sometimes that's exactly what we need to go through. And it was really painful to do that and grab hold of Christ's hand and, and the hand was ready. In some senses, I selfishly don't want other people to have to go through that. Mm-hmm. To to know that right now, today, you can grab hold of Jesus' hand and talk with him. And I think you talked about formulas. That was also what was going through my mind of, I'd been in ministry for four years. You know, you, you had the prayers and the services and, you know, the, the Lord's table prayer is a little bit different. And, the, you know, prayer at the beginning of the service or prayer meeting, you open and you close and pray. You know, there's all these things going through your head. And I remember just thinking, I can't get past the word help. And... I think we need to do, and this is probably just a blunt point, I think we need to do a better job in church services of not having the right words. Mm. Uh, I have a professor actually who, in hearing that one of his students' wife 
had cancer, his prayer began with, I don't have the words. Mm. I don't even know what to say. I don't even know if I said anything, it would be worthy of this situation. And just hearing that from a professor of decades of teaching saying, I don't know the words. I could yeah. quote scripture, but yeah. if I'm honest, I'm just doing that. But my heart is saying, I don't know the words. So yeah, we need to rediscover prayer. So here's my question for you is, let's say we're at that point. Someone's listening and they're just going, that prayer's not a part of my life. I've not hit that major trial yet, but prayer's just not part of my life. I feel guilty over it. I would love to feel that I could do it. Where do I begin? Yeah, I think you begin by setting aside time. Like if you just think, I, I want to be more serious about this. So I hope I remember likely the, the course of your day and your schedule and the thoughts that crowd out your mind will crowd out mm-hmm. the, the need for it. So you actually have to withdraw to a lonely place, even if that just means you know, close the door to your bedroom or yeah. get outside. That was a game changer for mm-hmm. me was going outside more. Yeah, I started that practice when we lived in Vermont, I'd go out on our back deck and it was helpful to be out there. The Wi-Fi didn't reach where that was and there was no cell coverage in, you know, where we lived. So I couldn't even be on my phone or anything like that. Yeah. And I would just stare at the backyard, stare at the, we had this beautiful hill, you know, wooded hill that that ran up a logging trail that went up behind our house. And that was beautiful. But now I I don't have that now. I have a, I just go sit in my garage or I go for a walk around the lake and those are times where it's like, I, I'm not listening to anything. Mm-hmm. When, I, when I go walk, I'm not listening to music, podcast, nothing. It's just I'm hearing what's going on around me. Yeah. And those are perfect times for, you know, my daydreams to get focused Godward. But you you have to be intentional about the time. So, yes. you know, if you're intimidated by like, uh, I don't, you know, I don't know if I can do 30 minutes for it. I mean, think of it like Bible reading too, yeah. like start small. So yep. Just say 15 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes in the evening. I'm going to, this is all I'm doing. Yeah. I'm just going to pray. That'd be the first thing that I would say. But the other thing, too, is if you've sort of accustomed to thinking of prayer in either formal ways or formulaic mm-hmm. ways, sort of dispel that yeah. you know, out of your brain. You know, the Lord hears formal prayers. I have, I have no concerns about whether he's—what the Lord is turning a, a deaf ear to is faithless prayers. Yes. But you can be formal, but I think that sometimes stifles us. Yeah. We think, oh, i got to have the right words. i got to yeah. you know, start right. I need to—can I pray to Jesus or is it just— like, You start yeah. thinking about like, all these different strategies— no, just talk to yeah. the Lord, right? I mean, the, the Word of God says in Hebrews, you can draw near to the throne of grace. You, you can do it with confidence. Yeah, He's not sort of like, all right, if you get it just right, if you use the right words, if you hear the right formula, then I'll listen in well, you know. Yeah. No, he's, he's so eager to hear you. He's more eager to hear you than you are to pray to him. And no matter how you start, no matter what you're saying, even if it's yeah. not articulate, if yeah. it's not eloquent, I remember reading David Hansen's book, Long Wandering Prayer, and it really helped me because he talks about just taking the pressure off. Like, your mind wanders? All right, let it wander. Eventually, it'll come back, you know, and the Lord will go with you on that wander. You know, he's okay. He's not going to be like, all right, you've, you know, drifted away here on your thoughts. Did you fall asleep? Fine. The Lord, you know, singing a lullaby to you maybe. And when you wake up, you can pray some more. I think he actually says like, pray into your wandering, you know? So so the verse that comes to my mind is Philippians 4, 6, do not be anxious about anything, but everything in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. So when we think about requests, what we will often do is we will have a prayer journal or now we'll have prayer apps and we will note down the requests 
and then we'll pray for them and then we'll tick them off as and when we get an answer to them. You know, that was a yes. And and I'm not going to knock those things. I think those things help. I'm thinking about the person who is not actively currently praying. Yeah. The assumption is if I just have a journal or if I just have an app and if I just write these things down, then I will be more prayerful. This was my wake up call. You're not going to be more prayerful. You're just going to be more note taking. Like it's not, as in you're just producing something to almost absolve yourself from, oh, I feel guilty about praying. That app will open up every so often. Here would be my advice. Rather than kind of writing down a list, rather than getting that app out in the morning, do exactly what Philippians 4, 6 says. What are you anxious about? And just tell them to Jesus in that day. So, for instance, this morning, I'm anxious because a friend of mine is going to be preaching in class later today. And I know he doesn't have a lot of experience in preaching. And so I'm anxious for him. So as I'm walking up to the podcast room this morning, that came into my mind. I'm anxious. What does Philippians 4, 6 say? Bring it to the Lord. And that was my simple prayer is, Lord, be with my friend. I know he's nervous. He's going to need you today. And that wasn't on a list I don't feel like I need an answer to that so I can take it off because I'm just told in scripture, just talk to God. So my encouragement would be if you're struggling with prayer, and this is more like early days, don't jump to that list. Don't jump to that app. Just start going to those five minutes, 10 minutes in that lonely place of walking or on your own and just say, Lord, this is what's on my heart. You know, one of my children on the day of recording this podcast got student of the month. And so Miriam is heading into to the school to celebrate with her. And I'm somebody that's generally worries about his kids quite a lot. And <laughs> and so there's there's a part of me that's going, you know, I'm not worried about that. I'm celebrating with my daughter for that. So again, this morning, God, thank you for helping my kids have have a good time at school. And it's just these conversations. And I think that's how we get back to conversation with God. That's how we rediscover prayer. We don't need an app. We don't need a book. It might be helpful, but we don't need those things. Just need to remember God's there. Tell him exactly what's on your heart. And if you think that's a bit weird, just whatever is going on in your thought, Add Jesus to the beginning of it. Do you know? <laughs> Jesus, yeah. I am worried. Yeah. I, I walk past the basketball. Yeah. I am, yeah. Yeah, just say these things. I walk past the basketball team training this morning. And I remember thinking, man, I am glad I'm not in the basketball team. And then I suddenly thought, Jesus, thank you that, that I'm in a stage of life that I don't have to get up at five in the morning and run up and down a hill while someone's shouting at me. Do you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Just add in that. And what you'll find is over time, it just becomes really easy to just have a conversation. In your head, even out loud, I tend to talk out loud when I'm walking. It's slightly weird for people walking past me, but I just find it easier to say, Jesus, protect me while I'm going on a walk today. I don't know, they've cut the grass on campus. Thanks, Lord, that looks really great. And you end up finding yourself in a conversation with Christ. And you say you might not hear something audible or see something obvious, but there's this sense that Jesus is right there. He's just listening. I, that's really key. And it's been really key for me as well, is to remember that I'm talking to a real person. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I don't know what you need to do, listener, to remind yourself that when you're praying, you're talking to a real person who's really there, really mm. hearing you. For me, I'm just going to give you a weird thing that my wife wishes I wouldn't share, but I'll, I'll share it anyway. <laughs> I've probably shared this on the podcast before, and I don't know. I try to picture Jesus's arm here. When I pray, I don't do this every time, but yeah. I do it quite a bit. And, and there's two reasons. Well, one, I I don't picture his face because I don't know what his face looks like, yeah. you know. And I end up picturing like Kenny Loggins or yeah, yeah, yeah. somebody like that. But I picture his arm hair because he has an arm. Yeah, and I assume there's hair on that arm, and it just reminds me like he's incarnate. He's yeah. he's glorified. He is resurrected. He's 
ascended, but I'm going to see him someday. Yeah. I'm going to see that arm. It may not look exactly like I'm picturing, but just, you know, hair on a man's arm for some reason just reminds me he's really here. He's really, yeah. he's real. And it just opens up more of my, yeah. I guess, propensity to talk, to converse, you and know. And then you start seeing that as well around you. I remember a particular holiday we had to Oban, a beautiful place on the west coast of Scotland, and the sun was rising. I uh, know the sun was setting, that's what it was. The sun was setting and it was the rays were hitting the water and it was just like this beautiful, bright, mm -hmm. shining light. And I remember what came into my head was this must be what it must be like to be around Christ. Just mm. this like beauty shining across. And Oban's just like a, a seaside fishing type town. It's, there's nothing splendid about it, yeah. but it always has this stunning scenery. And it made me think morning, afternoon, and night, this is what it is like to be with Jesus. It's just this stunning yeah. reality. But the negative of that is we sometimes forget that he was also a real person. Yeah. And, and I think we need both thoughts in our prayer. Yeah, but spiritually accessible to us, you know, a couple of months ago, we were in, in the Holy Land with the Midwestern faculty. We, our faculty retreat was in Israel. And I mean, it was a remarkable experience, you know, once in a lifetime type thing. We're on the Sea of Galilee yeah. and we're going, you know, we're in these, wow. you know, we're at the Temple Mount and we're places where Jesus was. And yeah. that was like the recurring thing of like, he walked this path or he touched these stones, you know, yeah. all these sorts of things. He walked on this water and it was really meaningful and really, but he's not there yeah. physically yeah. anymore. And I began to think like, there's nothing, you know, there's whole cottage industries that have been, you know, grown out of the fact that he stepped here or walked here as if it's somehow more holy yeah. because of that. And yet I go home and I walk around <laughs> Smithville Lake or I yeah. sit in my garage yeah. And he's there too, yeah. just like he's in Galilee. He's there with me. I think having the, the sense of the imminence mm -hmm. of God can be helpful yeah. to our instinct to pray as well. Don't, yeah. don't overthink it. Yeah, I've used the, the phrase spilling your guts a couple of my books about prayer because that's really what I yeah. think we ought to aim for is a kind of honesty, not in a reverence, not a disrespect, yeah. But just because you're reverent and respectful doesn't mean you can't be casual, yeah. low, not sure what words to use, yeah. all those sorts of things. Like, just just let it out. Let it out. I love listening to my girls' prayers at the end of the day. <laughs> and uh, they take it in turns, like, just before bedtime, each one. So every night, one of them prays, and they take it in turns different nights. And there was one evening, uh, a friend of ours, Ashley, was looking after our kids, helping us out a little bit in a kind of stressful evening. And she offered to come over and look after the kids as Miriam and I were doing different things. And uh, at bedtime, tucked them up and uh, asked one of the kids to pray. And they just said something along the lines of, thank you, Jesus, for a lovely day. Thank you that Ashley's so cool. I remember when she just <laughs> said that, I thought, wow, like you, you get this as a kid that you can just say anything to Jesus. Yeah. And I remember thinking, have I ever said out loud in a prayer, Thank you that this person is just really cool. Yeah. Part of my life, do you know? And it dawned on me, that is the conversation that the Lord wants to hear from me. He mm. wants to hear the, I'm frustrated, I'm angry, I don't know what to do, help, please. They're really cool. Thank you for this river. These are the things. And I think to, just to kind of put a bow on it, we've talked about the positives. You've talked about spilling the guts. Here's something that I just want to really encourage people to do. If you feel doubts, even if you're sitting there going, I don't believe prayer works anymore. Yeah. Say that. So say that to God. If, yeah. if you think about Habakkuk, he was saying to God, come on, where are you? What are you doing? Yeah, and so many of the Psalms as yeah. well, yeah. I, I don't know where you are. You're, you're not helping me. 
say that. And I, I remember in seasons of trial, I've, I mean, I've even remember it. We talked about church members meetings that gone wild. I remember sitting in church members meetings going, what are you doing? <laughs> like, come on, Jesus, yeah. I need you now. And yeah. here we go again. Mm. And I remember even thinking, as I'm thinking those prayers, it is so comforting to know that they're not just going out into quote the ether. They're not just, yeah. as you say, sometimes it feels like it's just going out into space. Well, they're not, they're yeah. being heard. And I think of the movie Bruce Almighty, where Bruce has to, he's playing God's role and all these prayers are coming in and he can't answer them all. So he just does like control alt yes to every, <laughs> to prayer. every prayer and everything goes dreadfully wrong yeah. because of yes. And it's a, I don't like the film. It's a bad film, <laughs> but it's just that thought. God never is overwhelmed by your prayers. You can you can pray ceaselessly to him and he will hear it all. He'll hear the doubts, the fears, the joys that, hey, Ashley's cool. Like he'll hear all of that. And the beauty is he wants to hear that, you know, and, and I love that, that even when we go through the scriptures, God is intimate with these people. He wants to know and here's the thing, he already knows. He yeah. knows everything that you're thinking and doing. He knows all things, but he still wants to hear you tell him that. And I don't know about you, but when my kids come back from school and they're like, so today I did this. And I was like, yeah, I know. Well, let me tell you the story. Uh, we, we know the story, but I really want to tell you this part. Look, we know the story, like, because we've got three <laughs> girls, they like to tell us the stories. God never goes, I know the story. Can, yeah, you, yeah, can, right. you, can you speed this up? To me, that's such a comfort. And that's why I want us to rediscover prayer because the comfort that comes from it, you don't have to be alone. You don't have to think fear is all you have. You can share your joy with someone. If you're single, married, older, younger, you have a best friend in Jesus who wants to hear about yeah. your day. And I don't know, that makes me smile. That makes me happy. And then that also makes me infuriated that we can only get six people to prayer. Because you're thinking, <laughs> imagine if we come together yeah. and together talk to Jesus about our struggles as a church, about wanting our seminary campus to do well. Or, you know, imagine if we came with that attitude of, oh, prayer meeting. And instead we came with, hey, we get to talk about Jesus together yeah. to him. So, yeah, I'm really passionate about this. Long and short, just pray. It is that simple. Just start talking to Jesus, and I promise you, you won't regret it. You genuinely won't. You never hear from the Lord, just a minute. Yeah. Wow. Or, I'm on the phone right now, you know, all the things. He's too busy. I'm, you know, my hands are full. I can't pick you up. Yeah. Thinking of like a, a small child, yeah. you know, hold me, you know, pick me up. You know, not right now. And, you know, yeah. you, you never hear that from him. His lap is always open. Mm. can always crawl up in there. He's always happy to see you, always has time for you always has an open ear for you. And what a great truth. What, what good yeah. news. I yeah. mean, prayer is a gift of the gospel mm. that we have this access to our Heavenly Father yeah. uh, because of Christ Jesus. All right. Well, amen. We'll say yeah. amen on the amen. end of our prayer episode. If you enjoyed the podcast, dear listener, please give us a good review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Share us on social media. And until next time, may Jesus be big in your church. You've been listening to the For the Church podcast, hosted by Jared Wilson, found online at ftc.co. This resource is brought to you by Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Kansas City, Missouri, where we train leaders for the church.